They are going golfing early once again. Oh, what a beautiful time of the year it is. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. This is the OHL in 60 podcast. Bruce Maney along with Colin Ward. Happy New Year. It happened again. Let's go Tampa. <laughs> oh, man, what a fun night Saturday was. There's a lot of... Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Tampa Bay fans for the first round of the playoffs this year. I would say, oh, yeah. I'd assume, but yeah, that was wow. yeah, all the game sevens have been good. Saturday night, too, the OHL took over. McDavid with the clinching goal, I guess, for Edmonton against LA comes out and makes a massive hit. Um, Tampa Bay, Nick Paul, two goals, North Bay Battalion. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Connor McDavid, Erie Otter. I mean, I don't think I had to mention that, but I did anyways. And um, Max Domi in game one of game sevens on Saturday afternoon against Mm -hmm. Boston, Carolina, Boston. Three points in the pass. The assist might have been better than the two goals for Max Domi. That was nice to see Max Domi finally, like, do stuff that we saw him do in the Ontario Hockey League. So that was pretty cool Mm -hmm. to see. And the pass almost reminded me of, the play that he made with Bo Horvath at the Memorial Cup. So that was pretty cool to see. Obviously, it wasn't like that through the legs. That might be the nicest, probably the most gutsiest pass you'll ever see for the yeah. stage that they were on. To, you imagine that pass doesn't work. That's that's like Benched? yeah, yeah. Maybe or Antonio Strong just Antonio Strong just in the first round doing the Forsberg on the backhand mm-hmm. or the Kucherov on the backhand through the five hole on a penalty shot is pretty risky yeah. down too. You don't score, you're still down two in the third. That's tough. But uh, I never understand. They're just kids probably, right? So, mm-hmm. But I never understand why you got to be pretty confident to make those moves. I mean, it shows that you're confident, that's for yeah. sure. But, um, yeah, what a, what a day What a day one of game sevens on Saturday it was for OHL alumni. I could want to mention that. Yeah. So that, was, that was impressive. Nice to see. No, and I mean, even, in, even despite a loss, think of Jack Campbell, former OHLer. Um, you know, as yeah. much as we hate the Leafs and wanted to see them lose, uh, they definitely did not lose because of Jack Campbell. I can tell you that right now. So no. um, hey. we'll, we'll give him a shout out as well. That power play that Tampa had in the second period. The they second should period. have scored. They oh, should my. have scored. It, Stan, former OHLer Steven Stamkos has the puck yeah. right there. <laughs> he just couldn't get the shot off. But like, wow, what like – it was incredible to gain seven. There's so many OHLers on display too, which was really cool. Cause mm-hmm. like, that's the cool part, right? Like you watch a game and you watch the late game, Edmonton and LA, right. You see Drew Doughty out there, Evan Bouchard, like it's Sean Dersey cool. as well. Yeah. Like... Yeah. That's pretty cool. Like to see like all the OHLers, it's like, Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And I know we're going to touch on something in a little bit. We kind of have a stat of the week that we uh, found right before kind of a flashback. And we yeah. got some real, we got some really cool lineups from the final four, from the East and Western final in this year. Some of the some of the guys in the lineups are like, oh yeah, like that guy played there, or like mm-hmm. that's that's cool, like reminiscing in the past, because it was um, there's a couple of really cool names that we found on the list. So can't wait to share that because that's going to be a good discussion point for sure. Yeah, so let's get right into it now. Uh, kind of give you a rundown. We're going to go over round two. Um, as of right now, the Hamilton North Bay series does not start till Friday. Uh, we are recording this one on Sunday just because of a baseball conflict Monday night. So, uh, um, baseball season, a couple days early. Oh yeah. It's always baseball season. Come, uh, 
come the first weekend in April. But uh, yeah, so we're awaiting the schedule release for the Spitfires Firebirds. It's probably going to be released Monday when we normally record, which sucks, but oh well, bleep happens. Uh, so we'll go over round two, kind of give you a recap. Not a whole lot to talk about in terms of the amount of games we saw in round one. And again, that's going to be part of our stat of the week conversation as we go throughout the first segment. Of course, that leads into that history lesson that Wardy had mentioned. Then we're going to take a break and then we're going to spend the back half of the show looking at the conference finals, uh, both in the East with the Spitz or in the East, in the East with the Bulldogs and Battalion, and then in the West with the Spitfires and Firebirds. But of course that will come in segment number two. So let's start with the conference semifinals. Uh, you know what? We'll start in the West. Saw a pair of five game series, uh, the Windsor Spitfires winning four to one over Kitchener. And then of course, uh, Flint defeating Sault Ste. Marie four games to one. And uh, Wardy, I know as before we get into the Spitfires <laughs> Rangers series, uh, you have a little apology for our town and Rangers nation in Kitchener. So go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry, Kitchener for jumping the gun. Um, I had Kitchener winning this series in seven games, and they never won after I said that quote. So I should have kept my mouth shut. I shouldn't have got too high on the bandwagon. Um, I thought I was, was going to say I saw a form ambassador. on Facebook. Would you like to fill that out? And, you know, I, <laughs> um, I saw I one for the Oilers, actions. but I'm sure you could put a Rangers one on there. I regret my actions. Um, yeah, uh, I feel very mistaken. Uh, <laughs> Just mumble, <laughs> but yeah, I feel sorry. I feel sorry for you guys saying that because right after didn't win a game, but um, Windsor just did what they had to do, right? Mm-hmm. They won every category. Um, game game five for Windsor, I mean, the second period 20 to four of the shots in the second for Windsor. Mm-hmm. That's that's the decider when you look when you've watched Kitchener this play, postseason, their first periods have been okay. Their second periods have been either good or bad. They really, yeah. you you saw game six in Kitchener the first round when they beat London, where they just took over the game in the second round. And then game five in the second round, Winter scores two, outshoot you 20 to four. Um, what a series, what a, what a postseason though for Kitchener mm-hmm. to be on. Like, th- congrats to them. They're, they're probably the best seventh seed we have saw in a long time in the Ontario Hockey League. I don't know when the last time I saw a seventh seed be a thought about OHL final. Like, Uh, I honestly thought if they they were able to win this series after game one when they came out hard, yeah, they fell short, but they played hard. Mm -hmm. They did play hard. And if you could put together three or four games like that, you'd win the series. It didn't happen. But if they did, and it should have, would have, could have. But... It was, they were a tough out. They were a tough out. And um, props to Kitchener because, in my opinion, the best sec- seventh round, seventh seed I've saw in a very long time. Yeah, and it, and even if some people agree that the talent level wasn't there for the Kitchener Rangers, it, it was. They had they had stars that could get the job done. You talk about their captain, exactly. Pinelli, uh, Patizian. But, you know, you Serpa. look at this series, it's like Kitchener's a team that competed, and you can't take that away from them because, you know, uh, other than probably game three when it was a 6-2 uh, Windsor yeah. win, I look at every game in this series as competitive, and it's just the Rangers came out on the wrong side. I mean, you know, game four, they lose 6-3. One of those was an empty netter, but, you know, you make that a two-goal game, it does look a lot closer 
than the score may appear to be. But, you know, that like they're as competitive as a seventh seed as we've ever seen, you know, whether, mm-hmm. you know, they're the best or, you know, they're the greatest, you know, whatever word you, you want to, to use. Back. Competitive is one that you start with because easily I would, I didn't say this. I think I had Windsor in five or six, but it wasn't an automatic. Yeah. They're going to win all four. It's not even going to be close. Well, yeah. No, because the London Knights were a really good team. Obviously not a great second seeded team, but <laughs> yeah, you know, the Kitchener Rangers beat them as the seven seed. And how can you expect a team to just roll over in the second round when they just took out the second best team in the Western yeah. conference. And that that's the way I look at it as it was a four, one series win. No. Oh, that's not really close. Yeah. Look at the scores. Look at the game. The shots may have not been close, but Kitchener competed and we didn't expect them to compete in terms of shot totals just because yeah. of the opponents they were playing. But mm-hmm. and well, either way it was Kitchener competed. And that's, that's what you look at it as is, that's a win for a seven seed and not one Ranger should take away this and be like, you know, we had an opportunity. We should have won. We should have won. You weren't expected to, and you didn't, but you competed. So you got to keep that in your mind. Yeah. And you know, the play, the play of some of these guys on Kitchener that really didn't get a chance to play that much this year in the way they stepped up has been incredible throughout the playoffs. I mean, nine of their top 10 top scorers are coming back next season for Kitchener. So that's a plus. Kitchener's going to be a wagon next year. Like, they're going to be good. Like that Midwest division, you're thinking about four teams right now that can win that division, no problem, and be like elite 50 win teams. Owen Sound, they're not a, like, they're not a walkover. I mean, look at all the young say, guys. They weren't really the like oldest team in the world. Like, yeah. I mean, Dudon's going to be back. Barlow's going to be back in his draft here. Yeah. Um, Petrosky, they're going to be good. Gavin Bryant, show guess. Hey, 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 yeah. <laughs> but uh, GG13, but they're going to be good. They'll be good. Um, Erie's going to be good. Right? Spence, a big draft pick. Erie's going to be a good team. Guelph, Guelph, like Alan Bushinger. I mean, I'm a big Cam Allen fan. Bushinger, they're going to be good. Jilkin, but Kitchener, right? They'll be the same. There's four teams that you could think of winning the Midwest next year. So the Midwest is going to be really strong next year. Mm-hmm. And the Kitchener Rangers are going to be right there as one of the favorites because the way they played this uh, postseason was incredible, and there's nothing that they can hang their heads down. I mean, once they beat London, I think they were playing with house money at that point. Yeah. And I think, like, I think they're a little more relaxed, right, like more confident in their game. And I think if you're Mike McKenzie right now, you're excited about the future of this hockey team. I mean, you see it on the social media and around Kitchener, how they're doing their development skates. Their scrimmages, they're ready to go for next year already for the post before their season even ended. They're ready to go. So um, it's going to be exciting with Kitchener. I hope I hope to see a bigger crowds next year in the, in the odd because they're going to be good. Um, tenants has been down all over the place on the postseason, not just Kitchener. But I can't wait to see the odd rocking next year when they're fighting for a possible 50-win season. They're going to be that good. So um, it's going to be good there in Kitchener next year, that's for sure. And also, sorry, I forgot to mention this, but – you think about this and Kitchener and you, you alluded to this Reese where you look at their top four. So you can see Patizian, Serpa, Pinelli, Vlad, Mutter. That's a tough one. They got depth. 
they had depth. Mm-hmm. To, like, when you look at Windsor, right, you have Cooley, Johnston. I mean, Zito, Shogas, not a big deal. They have some guys, right? They're a good team. And Kitchener can match up with them. Kitchener can match up with them. They matched up with London. That's why they won. So, nothing to hang your head back. And the fact that some of these guys are back next year, majority of their guys are back next year, it's, a, it's very intriguing to see what their training camp looks like. I can't wait to go check out their preseason in Kitchener because it's going to be interesting to see their training camp next year. Yeah, I was going to say, this must have been the most positive elimination speech of all time that Mike McKenzie yeah. delivered on the bus ride home from well, Windsor. So. So, yeah, like, if you're prototypical, I'm very proud of you guys, like, yeah. the compete level. But in the coach's office right now and in the front office, I mean, GM coach. So, But you can see, like, it's a definite positive right now. Like, you had a good draft this year. What an opportunity for them. What an opportunity for the Kitchener Rangers. Yeah, well, and looking towards the future, if you're talking about next year and the year after that for the Rangers, talk about the young yeah. guys on their team. Uh, nothing prepares you more for your future than playing the number two and number one seed in the conference, uh, beating the number two seed, but competing with Ooh. the number one. So that just – that we talk about it all the time. I always reference the 2017 ice dogs, how young they were. Um, they, they got absolutely destroyed by the Peterborough Peets in round one, but uh, that just led. And that just built something for the future. That core uh, that included Akil Thomas, Ben Jones, um, among others for the ice dogs. So yeah, huge positive for the Rangers uh, for the Spitfires. We'll get to them as the show uh, continues as we get to preview their matchup against the Flint Firebirds in the Western Conference Finals. Um, obviously, they were really good, and that's why they're moving on. But uh, we'll get in depth more with them as we move on, as we will with all of the teams in the Conference Finals. But uh, here, of course, going over round number two in the other series, also four to one, Flint takes down Sault Ste. Marie, and. This was a shock. Yeah, we're we both looked at each other and think, okay, yep, Flint up two nothing. They took those two games at home. It's um, not safe. Yeah, Sault Ste. Marie goes home. We're both thinking, oh yeah, they could easily win two, and we could be seeing a two-two series heading back to Flint. Uh, Sault Ste. Marie does get game three at home, but then it's an overtime win for Flint that kind of not deflated. turned the tables and deflated Sault Ste. Marie, but. You're right, Wardy. It, it pretty much did because it was you a know, 7-1 final in game five for the Firebirds. You know, and, and for listeners, you think about this. Think about how many times you follow a team, you follow your Ontario Hockey League team, and you think about this. You have a home game before going on to the road in the playoffs, and you lose that game at home, and then the next day you're facing elimination on the road. What's your percentage of winning that game? Yeah. It's very low. You lose a lot of momentum. I mean, this is where Mike Babcock and I would have a very fun discussion. Because I remember when he was coaching the Red Wings and he said, there's no momentum in a series. And I remember thinking, well, the Wings won game one in Tampa Bay, but they don't have momentum being a seventh seed over Tampa Bay. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure about that, but I think, he, I think I was right. But obviously, but um, there's definitely momentum in a series and Flint took it all after game four, that win, um, those are so, those are gut-wrenching, right? When you give up that, when you lose in overtime at home, you got to go back on the road, those hurt. And Flint, credit to them, 55 shots, 55 to 28 the shots in favor of Flint in game, in game five, where they just bombarded 
Tucker tied. And so uh, it was interesting. Four for seven power play too in game five for Flint. Oh, for two for two. Mm-hmm. So you might have some uh, Sault Ste. Marie fans here on the comments saying about uh, the refereeing, about the officiating with the calls today. Uh, you give up seven really to score right? one. Good luck winning in the playoffs. I don't give exactly. a rat's ass who you are. Exactly. Good luck. Yeah. It, yeah. it was a tough, uh, tough go. Tough go for Sault Ste. Marie. I think that this is a team that was built to score five, six goals a game, and they weren't going to win those two one games, the three two games, but mm-hmm. you lose seven one, and uh, you just have a bad game in a big moment, and it, it happens. It happens, and it's unfortunate. It sucks for the OAs, right? Because if you're an overager, that's your that can be your last ever hockey and Ontario Hockey League almost, like semi professional game you're ever going to play. It's not a knock on you sports, but like it kind of is, but it's not a knock because it's hard to make it from you sports. So hopefully, um, hopefully good luck for guys in the ed- future educations. And um, it's cool to see those stories on the Ontario hockey league uh, website with the videos where guys are now. Um, it was cool on the draft and had Jake Warad on there. He's a real estate lawyer now for out of uh, Western mm-hmm. Ontario. So that's pretty cool to see how, where guys are now, but um, it was unfortunate. It's unfortunate for those guys. You know, you see the pain. You see the pain in their eyes, and it sucks because we all go through there. And I remember, in, I remember in baseball, midget baseball, when we lost. It was right last year, and I remember when um, we lost in in OBAs, and it was it hurt. Like it hurts. You know, like it stings. Like it really stings. You know, you feel alone, um, and it sucks. And I can imagine what these guys feel like now that they're. You know, you don't know, right? You don't know what it is. You don't know about, like, mm-hmm. where you're going to go to school. You don't know any of that. You're so focused, and you 100% believe you're going to win, right? You're gonna, you believe you're going to win the J-Ross, and it doesn't come true. It's a dark spot. So, um, hopefully the guys are okay. I know they had a good group in Sioux. Um, they made some good moves at the deadline. Jack Thompson's a stud. It's going to be interesting to see what happens next year for Sioux because they were an older team. A lot of OAs coming into this year, but – uh they're an intriguing team to watch in the next season, the preseason for sure. I mean, Bryce McConnell Park will be back, good player in, the, in his draft year this year. So he's a leader for sure. Then they draft his brother, future defenseman. So that'll be cool. And McConnell Park is on the back end and up front. Yeah. Well, it's funny you brought up that last game as a as a midget player in baseball. I still remember my last at bat uh, playing Same. playing midget Same. for Brantford. I, um, I had tears in my eyes my last at bat. <laughs> I bet you I had a worse outcome than you did. <laughs> Really? I grounded into a double play to end the game. No. <laughs> that was my last midget at oh. bat. I grounded into a freaking double play to end the game and end the season for OBAs. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, that's it sucked. A, I got a first pitch base hit. You know how I am. I'm a Shut up. Really, I'm a, you know how I you know how I am as a hitter though. I'm yeah. just like, I'm gonna go full boba shot mode. I'm, my helmet's gonna fly off on the first pitch if it's close. Yeah. I treat it it's it's big boy hacks, but Good yeah. Boy. I remember I rounded first, obviously, stretched doubles in the singles. But, yeah, I remember having tears in my eyes. I wore the sunglasses for my last at-bat. Mm. So, then, yeah. But uh, it was it's emotional, right? Because, like, you don't know what's next. So, I feel mm. for the OH because you can see it, right? It's like, oh, crap. Yeah. Like, you don't know. And, and it's the last every time you're going to go through this, right? Like, that's like the – and you know this is funny. It's kind of like the life talk, OHL sixty life talk right now. But when you I'm gonna say, should I lay down on the couch and put my feet up? And <laughs> but like 
you don't know right so like it's the last time you're ever going to go through with that group in your life you know it's the last time and it might be the last time you ever play a hockey game again and it's it's tough so um that's what i always feel for the oas because it really is it it really is the time of your life playing junior hockey it really and especially being on the biggest stage in ontario and you see so many guys before right with niagara um you see so many guys in their last game, how emotional it is. So mm-hmm. you really feel for those guys. And um, it's always tough. That's, that's the toughest part about losing in the playoffs when you see the overagers. And I know, I know the vet, I know like some of the guys, the younger players, they want to win so bad for their OH because they take them in right under their wings all throughout the preseason, right from training camp and you're together all season. Then when you come up short, it's tough. So uh, mm-hmm. heart goes out to those guys for sure. To the east, the Hamilton Bulldogs take down the Mississauga Steelheads and coach of the year, James Richmond, in four games capped off by an Arbor Jackeye overtime winner. Shout out to Reed Duffy for one of the best calls of the year on that goal. That was that was studly on the Bulldogs audio network. If you missed it, the Bulldogs tweeted it out, so go listen. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it continues for the Bulldogs. A couple of 4-2 victories on home ice to begin the series. Then they shut them out 3-0 on the road. And then, it, of course, that 3-2 overtime win uh, in Game 4. But, you know, we're going to talk about Hamilton a lot over the rest mm-hmm. of the season, rest of the postseason. Um, so we'll focus on Mississauga for this because, you know, you suffer a tough blow. You lose your – Playoff starting goaltender, tough to say starting goaltender because they really didn't have one in the regular season. That's how good they were. But uh, in terms of the postseason, uh, Roman Bazrin goes down in game two. And it's not a pretty sight for the Steelheads. Again, Joe Ranger, very capable of doing the job, but um, just wasn't meant to be. Steelheads had tough time scoring. They didn't score more than two goals in each of the games. Obviously that shut out in game three, but Hamilton just was way better than Mississauga was. And if you're the steelhead, you just tip your cap to a really good team. And you're proud of what you did this year, because not a lot of people expected Mississauga to be as great as they were. Yeah. Mississauga, especially after their start, yeah. especially after their start. I, and I appreciation tweet here on for on Friday for game four, I tweeted out about Owen Beck. Beck's a star. Beck's a really good hockey player. Mississauga is going to be a really good team next year too. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of being feeling sorry for OAs, Joe Ranger, I feel sorry for him. Um, it was a botched coverage. What a shot by Arbor Jacki. Little old snapshot. Once I saw Jacki walk off the wall toward the net, you don't have a lot of chance to stop it. Maybe a little bit of a position, but he might be it's probably one you want back, but what a, I mean, nice shot, nice release from Arbor Jack. I see him score that all the time. And Hamilton short bench, like usual, find a way to win. And you knew Mississauga was gonna have a lot of pressure coming out in game four, just because of the way they play. You know your back's up against the wall. You can play free. Sometimes you play the best when your back's up against the wall because you got nothing to lose, right? The pressure was all on Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um Majority of the crowd, Mississauga, that crowd on Friday might be the most energetic crowd I have saw all season. And it was cool to see it in Mississauga. So that was uh, that was cool to see. But a lot of Hamilton Bulldogs fans made the trip. That was pretty cool. Um, had a couple of people recognize the jacket 
the OHL nice. 60 jacket. So that right was pretty on. cool. Yeah. With that audio network, I guess. So uh, that was pretty neat to see. And um, we're starting to get that now. They're rec- getting recognized down in the Hamilton Arena just because of the jackets. So that's cool. And uh, got to represent the brand. Exactly. For the brand. Not a big deal. <laughs> Should have <get> that, <laughs> figured that out. Not a big deal. That's like the golf shirts that I want to get. Golf's hard, period. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun. No. It, it ate me up on Sunday. But yeah. Hamilton short bench, find a way to win. Mississauga, they got short bench too. No uh, Roman Badger, no Jakey Birdie because of suspension on the hit on uh, Nathan Steos. So questionable hit, but uh, Mississauga hard fought effort. Hamilton's just strong. I don't know if Hamilton loses the game in this playoffs. They're that good. There's moments where you watch them and it's like, man, I don't know how they're going to lose a game. And Colton Cammer too. Colton Cammer. Oh my. We mentioned this last week about him, Noah Van Vliet. And Grushnikov there, how good of defensive hockey they are playing. Colton Cameron stopped three easy goals in game four. Stopped three easy goals in game four that were tap that were goals. And he had a block shot, a clear, and another block shot, I believe, on the back door. So three plays that were easy goals, great A scoring chances where he blocked, throws his body on the line. That's your captain, right? You're gonna follow the leader. Mm-hmm. And uh what a performance by him. Um you need, like, you're proud of when guys give the effort like that. And then also you make the trade, you make the trot, you make that trade for Mason McTavish. You come out, you do Mason McTavish things. You get what, that's what you get out of him. So uh, you make the trade, you get, you make that tough trade. It, it's a massive value in return. And they got that for sure. But uh, Hamilton, very strong, as everyone should know by now. Hamilton's good. Eight, no. Well, Mississauga is going to be there next year. You talk about their highly touted prospects in Owen Beck and and uh, Luca Del Belbelus, right? They're prospects for the NHL yeah. draft, so they're going to yeah, be good. It. They're going to be fired up, ready to go next year, and it helps that their coach won Coach of the Year because we know how good James Richmond is at his job. So, oh, that structure they play in their game, that structure that they play is unreal. Um, Mississauga, they're. Then they might at times not be the f- most fun team to watch because of the way they play. It can get boring just because mm-hmm. very trots play man nice. up. Yeah, they won't give a lot up. Yeah, but and they'll score when they get their chances. But solid effort by Mississauga. Heck of a year for them. Mm-hmm. I think. I think they and we should go through this. Good season, bad season. Mississauga might have the above all exceed expectations. Yeah. I mean, out of any team in Ontario hockey, I don't think there's. Any team other than – well, Mississauga is up there, but there's a couple others, I guess, that weren't really picked high that finished very good, like Flint. But it, what a season by that. What a season by Mississauga. Mm-hmm. All right. And the last series of round number two, and North Bay Battalion, Kingston Frontenacs, five games. Wow. Again, really? That happened? Yeah, it did. North Bay uh, wins it in five victory in game one, and then they fall at home in game two in overtime. Uh, Mm. Kingston takes it 5-4, and then just all North Bay, 6-3, 4-3, and 6-5 to round out this best-of-seven series. Uh, Shane Wright's season is over, but uh, he's got the NHL draft to come up for him. Um, Quite the 40 drop, too, though going one. That's quite the quote. Not bad, eh? Yeah, that's big boy pants things to say there. Yeah. 
So, so oh. let's talk, let's talk about Kingston because a lot of people are saying, you know, all the, all the pressures <laughs> on them, you know, Shane, Wright, He's here. He's going to be gone as Wardy rubs his hands together. I'm ready to go. For like, this he, he's going to be gone to wherever, probably Montreal, unfortunately. Um, but again, I, I've talked about this with people uh, throughout the season and, you put all the pressure you want on the front next. They've got this last year with Shane Wright. Uh, they better do something about it. Well, the Otters had McDavid lost him right away and then ended up winning an OHL championship in yeah. 2017 without him and making it to a Memorial Cup final without him. Uh, are we looking at another <laughs> Strom, Debrinket, Radish type team? I don't think they have eh, that, though. Not really, but. Yeah, I don't think they're deep enough to have that. Ludwinski's going to be a star. Yeah. Ludwinski's going to be a star. He's unreal. But, like, Edmonds is gone. That's a massive loss. Mm. A rookie OA. Arguably the Michael Bunting of the OHL. Yeah. Yeah. Don't hate me for saying that, Reese. I know I – Freaking you, Michael Bunting. I, you saw how I mentioned that. You saw how what I tried clown. to make you say that, Mo Calder. Oh, but Easily. Yeah, unanimously. But it's just, I don't think, like, it's funny how Kingston and Oshawa met in the first round because they're two teams that are, like, very similar to when you watch them play. There's not a lot of, like, team characteristics to their game. Mm -hmm. You can see some individual play, which, I, I mean, I've been all over Oshawa for that all season, but you can see that with Kingston, too, where you can see play where they're not, deep enough and you can see guys trying to do too much individually and you can see depth guys not stepping up it where they should be yeah. so it was it was a very uh, I think it was a I think them I think they had a very down season for what they would like obviously losing the second round every team wants to win obviously but I think they had a down season Kingston and then next year I don't I don't know I don't know if they are like the Erie Otters Ludwinski's going to be good I guess I'd have to go over their lineup again. That's, yeah. That'll be the thing. That well, we'll, well and that's, we that's the thing. A lot of people made arguments for, which I agreed with. A lot of people made arguments against that, which I agreed with. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was, it, it's very two-sided. There isn't a whole unanimous debate about this, like in terms of what they are going to be next year, because like you said, it's a matter of going through that roster and seeing, you know, exactly who is back so, next year. And again, of a fluke, if Shane Wright ends up coming back, again, That's fluke. It. Okay, been, maybe we're going to talk about that. But there will be talks about that in Montreal media. I guarantee you, he's going to go to Montreal, and I guarantee you, there will be talks about that about training camp. And it's funny. Uh, the other day, I was talking about this because you think about it. So Montreal, though, in this is part of planning camp. This is part in Montreal is probably one of the hardest places to play in the National Hockey League because. Everyone says Toronto, but you think about this. Toronto, you don't have to speak French. Montreal, there's two different groups of media there. Yeah. So instead of just dealing with 100 people, you're dealing with 200 people in Montreal. Double it. So it's tough. It's real tough to go through it. Um, if they're – well, obviously, he gets to nine games. Obviously, I think he stays. Obviously, I don't think it's a talking point. But I think that there will be – if he's not performing well, like if he goes Jack Hughes mode, remember when Jack mm -hmm. Hughes came up and he didn't really do much? There's going to be talks about that. There's going to be talks about it for sure because in Montreal, 
It's Montreal. If you think there's not going to be criticism on Shane Wright's game in Montreal, you're crazy because it's Montreal. Montreal is nuts. So we'll see. But he, he's obviously he's going to stick. You're first overall pick. You're going to stick. But I don't know. Owen Power went back to Michigan. That was a choice. I'd go back to you, Michigan too. You know. Go yeah. blue or go home. Hey, go box. But this is but like you look at you look at their goal scoring in their final game in the series in game five in North Bay. So Frasca, he's not back next year. Edmonds, he's not back next year. Mm-hmm. Shane Wright, probably not back next year. Probably a ninety-five percent chance he's not gonna be back next year. Five percent chance he does. Yeah. There's three. Martin Chromiak, he's not back next year. That's the goal scores. Zade Wisdom. Yeah. Zade Wisdom. I agree. He won't be back next year. Zade Wisdom would have been on Adirondack or Lehigh this year if if he didn't get hurt. Zade Wisdom's on Lehigh and Philadelphia's AHL team if he doesn't get hurt. Yep. So um, I, you take those guys out of the lineup. It's yeah. tough. And talking about pucks going in the net, uh, pucks staying out. Who's yeah, playing net next year? Well, that's the thing. That's the thing, and this is where the draft's going to be very intriguing because if Ottawa take, if Ottawa takes a goalie in the first two rounds, because I wouldn't be surprised. I believe Ottawa is going to trade their first round pick this year. I think that's a trade. I think that's a trade waiting to happen. Wow. The way the way Dorian, oh, I'll tell you, but I, yeah, like the way Dorian's been talking too, you can see it. You can see a trade coming. So. That's going to be interesting to see. And if Ottawa trades, or if they trade back, they take a goalie in the first two rounds. That's that's going to be interesting to see what Marilyn does. Does Marilyn go back home? Yeah. Play against Mad. You've saw we've saw that a lot in Detroit with the prospects going to play at home. You develop because Ottawa is deep. Ottawa is deep in the goaltending. I mean, Sogard played some games. In the NHL played good against Detroit. The game that I saw him play. Um, he's been. They have good goaltending there in Ottawa, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. If he's going to go down and play in the East Coast or be an AHL backup and not going to play a lot of games, they'll send him back. But you have that year-up option with Marilina, which is very intriguing, I would imagine, to the Ottawa Senators. Also, Ben Roger. Ben Roger. Because Ben Roger go to the East Coast. Because Ottawa needs defense. And in Atlanta, their East Coast team, they were lacking depth. Obviously, Ottawa hit COVID pretty hard, right, this, the Senators. So... Right, it, it saw that in Belleville where they're playing like East Coast guys in a second pairing, like it was crazy. So it's going to be interesting. That's where we need Joel Vanderlin on a writer. Since they're talking about, we'll have an so Ottawa like, Senators show. <laughs> well, it's so intriguing with all the OHL prospects they have, yeah. and uh, that's going to be interesting to see what happens with Marilyn. That's a good point, but it's very interesting. Uh, Parrot gone too as well next year. Yeah. So there's going to be they're going to take a they're going to take a toll here. Those lineups is going to be different. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Do they sell it or do they go for it? Mm-hmm. Depends what you think your lineup is, right? Yeah. So they fall to North Bay in five. It'll be Windsor, Flint, Hamilton, North Bay in the conference finals. Uh, quickly get to our stat of the day here. I have about five minutes left in this first segment. Um, you know, we talk about how quick this second round was uh, in the OHL. No game going or no series going beyond five games. And I lost it already. There we go. Last time that happened, 2016. Erie defeats Sault Ste. Marie four games to one. London defeats Kitchener for nothing. 
Niagara beats Kingston for nothing and Barry beats North Bay for nothing. So one game was won other than, or by a different team other than the teams that advanced. Now it's a little bit expand beyond that second round. Um, the losing team did not win a game in the rest of the playoffs beyond round two. It was a four, nothing sweep of the Erie Otters for the London Knights and a four, nothing sweep of the Niagara ice dogs over the Barry Colts. And then of course the Knights defeating the ice dogs in four straight to win the OHL championship. But yeah, 2016, the last time there was not a game six beyond round one. And you look at round one in that year, Sault Ste. Marie defeats Sarnia in seven. London defeats Owen Sound four to two. Uh, Over in the Eastern Conference, it was Barry beating Mississauga four three, as well as North Bay beating Peterborough four three. And it's and it's interesting that we bring this up that we went back and kind of looked at some of these rosters, and one in particular we looked at uh, Barry and Niagara. Yeah, the Eastern Conference Finals. You look at look at the elimination who, game. Yeah, look exactly who is on these two teams. Yeah, we'll pull up game four here. So it's crazy. It's honestly, it's insane how many guys. Like, oh yeah, that guy played here, and we're yeah. I'm so excited to go through this because like some of the guys here, LeBanc, San Jose, Kevin LeBanc, um, Josh Carrick, uh. Dylan Sadaway, he had a gig with the wings. Mm-hmm. Um, Rasmus Anderson, Calgary. Yep. Ooh, Adrian Carbonera. Yeah. There's a name. There's a name for you. Yeah. Kenzie um, Blackwood. Like a Julius Natanen. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's, Blackwood. And then, like it's... and then you go over to Niagara and how you said Ned. Yeah, Ned like – like, and we're, we're mainly looking at guys who have gotten sniffs at the NHL. Like, they've had a legit shot to be a regular in the NHL. Yeah. We, we kind of just went over uh, who Barry had in that series for Niagara. You look at Ben Jones as a rookie. He got his first <laughs> taste in the NHL this past year. Um, you know, other than that, you scroll down the list, Graham Knott, Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. Um, also, an interesting name that popped up, What's Tyler that? Boston. Totally forgot he yeah. played in the OHL. That, that's a name for you. <laughs> Um, yeah. You know, Ryan Mantha, he was drafted, never signed, and then signed with Edmonton in his OA year. Like Josh Hosang, um, Aaron Hayden also got drafted. He was drafted by the Stars, never signed. So, I mean, not really a huge look at the NHL. And then, yeah, and that Alex Nadelkovich. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> like, it's these, cool. these are big OHL names. These are OHL stars you're looking at on these teams. Yeah. And then, well, what the hell happened? And again, that's not a knock at any of these players. It's just you think about it. This was an Eastern Conference Finals matchup in the Ontario Hockey yeah. League in 2016. That was a four-game at, sweep, I might add. And then you look at the Western Conference, London versus Erie, that, the sweep oh, that London yeah. had. Yeah, I know, right? And, this, and this thinking, how the hell did they sweep that series? Well, the breakout, Cernak, now with Tampa, Ra- Taylor Radish, both Radish, I mean, Taylor and Darren, yeah. um, Dylan Strom. Ivan Lottie, first AHL goal on Sunday, or playoff goal. Shout out to him. One of the best families to work with. Uh, Yeah, Jake Marchman. That's cool. Then you look at London. Victor Mate, Mitchell Martinette played some games with Dallas. Mm -hmm. Um, 
else we got? Cliff Poo. Uh, Robert Thomas. OHL champion with Hamilton. Matthew Tuchuk. Um, one of my one of my favorites all time. <laughs> um, Ole Jolie. Christian Dvorak and Evan Bouchard. And plus, plus, if you want to go to the scratches, Alex Formington. Yeah. So this is like, that's insane. Like how good, like some of these guys were like, you paid $20 to watch them play Saturday night, Saturday night at Scotiabank to watch Marner play. You're giving up a month's rent to go watch them play. So it's crazy. And tickets in the Platinums on Ticketmaster were a thousand dollars. (laughs) A thousand dollars. Like, yeah, I have a hard time seeing how that's worth it. Honestly, really hard time, especially being a Leaf fan. The curse of Game Sevens. I was gonna say, like, the fact that we're Wings fans kind of plays into it, but at the same time, like, like if the Wings were in the Leaf spots, that's like half a rent payment. Actually, that's like a fifth of a rent payment in Toronto, especially with gas. What it is, yeah. Like especially with how much things are right now, can you say you think you think you have an F one fifty? A thousand dollars is four Phillips, four. That's at least fifteen to twenty Phillips in my Mazda three. And you think a lot of those, if they can afford those tickets, there's a good chance they have a truck. But that's that's four Phillips right there. If you have a truck, I paid one hundred fifteen dollars for my car today. Come on. $115 $115 for my car oh. today. <laughs> yeah. So and do you want to spend $93,000 like on the uh, Ford F-150 Lightning so we never have to pay for gas again? <laughs> Trade in. I did the math. 1200 bucks a month for that truck on a 72-year yeah, uh, finance. Nice. But it's, yeah. it's too much. Like, I can't believe that. Like, I honestly, and it was sold out. That's when you see all the suit and ties, right? That's when you see the oh, I see, Toronto. Oh, in the first three rows behind the Toronto bench, at least yeah. there were Every, there were at least ten dudes in suits. At least, if you have to wear a suit for a hockey game, it makes me question. I mean, are unless you're going there to make like look the part? Because people do that. I mean, I'm not a That's big fan true. of that, but yeah. like, you imagine going to a hockey game like in a suit and tie just as a fan. I mean, no. what's wild is that was the norm like 40 yeah. years ago. Yeah, very true. Very true. I but again, never, at the like, same time, I these dudes wearing suits game. are like 35, 40 years old. Yeah, true. I would never go to a Wings game wearing a suit and tie. No. I don't know why. I well, that's because that beer's up. reasonably priced and we'd probably drink too much. <laughs> yeah, just don't Albeit it's American well. beer, so we'd have to go to the washroom a bit more, but... Oh. <laughs> Yeah, no big deal. Uh, as, I was, yeah. Uh, as I was playing country on Sunday under the golf course there, uh, oh, Blair in the country, we got stronger beer. Nice. Yeah. That's all right. All, all day Sunday, I had Billy Talent, uh, Fallen Leaves, blasted in my car. <laughs> so we had to start the, the show with it. So I should have played that on the golf course. You should have. Can you imagine? Yo, you ever seen that video on Instagram where this dude is behind a truck that's got a Leafs logo on the back of the cab and he, he's yelling out the window. He goes, hey, the Leafs bleeping suck. Yeah, that's <laughs> Bleep <a> you. <laughs> that's a classic. Probably oh, a Montreal. Good times. Oh, more than Montreal. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, 
That stat of the day, by the way, first time since 2016, we haven't seen a series go beyond five games, uh, is brought to you by golf because it's awesome, obviously. Got out for the first time this weekend. It was fun. So that stat of the week brought to you by golf. Uh, it is time it's for a break, though. It, it is very hard. I can Golf? Like, golf's the toughest sport. Mentally. And no, it's not. What's the toughest sport? Baseball. Try hitting a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. Nobody can do that Ooh. unless you're and playing you the, get, like, oh, baseball's so easy. You barely have to do anything. Oh, okay. You the guy stand in the and hit 102 back. against Geraldus Chapman. Good luck with that. Yeah, and then try to hit that 85 to 82 mile an hour slider that he's got that wipes out to the yeah. from right to, or from left to right being lefty like yeah good as, luck. i was yeah, gonna say if you're a lefty against chapman that slider starts at your ass and finishes in the other batter's box yeah that's impossible yeah it's impossible right. but anyways uh we are it is time for a break 45 minutes into the show one last segment to go before we round it out we will preview the conference finals for you as we get set for the final four here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. Emery Stamani along with Colin Ward. Final segment of the show before we wrap it up. And round three gets underway and... We have some news, I might add. The Western Conference final schedule has been released. As we started the show, we were on the fence about when the act, when it actually was going to be released, and we're like, oh, it's going to be released Monday after you record, because we're recording on Sunday this time. But This is the effect, though. This is the 8 effect. o'clock, Sunday night, it drops, and we're all for it. So uh, we you. might as well start in the West then with the Windsor Spitfires, Flint Firebirds. I'll just quickly read the schedule and then we'll kind of give you our thoughts on what we think is going to happen. So game one and two, of course, at the Wafku Center in Windsor. 7.05 starts Saturday, May 21st and Monday, May 23rd. And then they will take it into Michigan for games three and four. Both seven o'clock starts at the Dort Wednesday, May 25th. And that Friday, May 27th. Oh, yeah, I'm excited to see that building. It's going to be that's, fun. Yeah, that's going to pause. Um, game five, of course, the next three are if necessary. They probably will be. Uh, 7.05 back in Windsor on Sunday, May 29th. Game six in Flint, 7 p.m. on Tuesday, May 31st. And as we flip the calendar to June, June 1st, 7.05 start in Windsor for game number seven. So, Wardy, you're looking at the first place Windsor Spitfires. You're looking at the third place Flint Firebirds. Expectations to start with this one, Wardy. This is going to be a heck of a series. I mean, the Western Division was the stronger division in the West all season long, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. And Flint's one of those teams that was a team that nobody, like, at the deadline, they were tossed. You trade Brandon Ockman. This is why you don't, because you are in the Final Four in the Ontario Hockey League. So that that's interesting, but I like it's this is an intriguing series because like obviously in every stage you don't know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. but like this series you can see going either way. Flint's been incredible in the postseason. 
They really have. Glenda has played a very good postseason. And Windsor, Windsor too. I mean, just because Windsor doesn't sweep Sarnia and doesn't sweep Kitchener doesn't mean they're any worse. I mean, they're still a good hockey team. They're the best team in the Western Conference, in my opinion. They were definitely the favorites in this series. But this is going to be a long series. Um, maybe in a couple of minutes I'll be able to decide what how many games yeah. and stuff. But, like, this is this is going to be a heck of a hockey series. Uh, it's your prototypical rival series. And talk about the travel for the playoffs for Windsor so far. I mean, textbook, right? I think you can't draw it up any better. You start with Sarnia, you go to Kitchener. Yeah, it's a little bit of a drive, but not that too, not too bad. Could be worse. And then you go to Flint. So that's perfect, right? That's a dream first three. I mean, North Bay, North Bay, if it's a North Bay Windsor final, that would be a tough travel. But if it's a Hamilton Windsor final, that'd be okay. And if it's a Ham if it's a Hamilton Flint, if it's a Hamilton Flint final, there's probably a good chance we make that trip if there's a weekend game. If there's a weekend game, there's probably a good chance we make that trip. So that'd be pretty cool to see. And uh, North Bay Flint, a North Bay Flint final would be your prototypical, like, this is the, like, post-COVID year. Like, it would fit, it would be fitting for this season if it was a Flint, two upsets in the, in the conference final. It'd be a, it would be fitting for the Ontario Hockey League season if that was the final, Flint North Bay final. And it's no, it's not a knock on anything. It'd just be a fitting final to see Flint North Bay. So any option here in the final four, it's interesting. Um, but this series is going to be good. I think Brandon Auckland is my player to watch. He's just because he's got to be the star. He needs to be the star. Similar to what, similar to what Wyatt Johnson needs to do for Windsor. These two guys, they gotta, they need to be the guys. Like this is, there's no messing around now, right? There's no messing around now. Um, it's not going to be like the NHL where you're complaining about calls and this and that. This is the Ontario Hockey League. You got to go out there and you got to earn calls now, right? You're in big boy minutes. So this is going to be interesting to see. Um, Dimitri Kuzman, too, defensive for Flint, is going to be interesting to watch. Then obviously in that, too. Matanuska, that might be the best trade in the OHL season other than the McTavish deal or the Jack ideal. That might be the best trade this OHL deadline. Anuska to Windsor. Like, you know, it wasn't like the big talked about trade, but it might be the biggest. London declined after making that trade dramatically. And Windsor, dramatically better. Like, it was... Mm. They went on that long winning streak to end the season. Yeah. Like, it's just... It was one of those trades. Like, that's going to be cool. The post-season show of the year recap is going to be interesting to talk about that. The best trade deadline, the best trade this season, because there's so many that happened. And that's got to be up there. Because the value for Windsor has been incredible. Mm-hmm. But those are some big guys to watch here in the series that need to step up, need to play their game. Because if they do, this is going to – if everyone plays their game and plays good, this is going seven. Yeah. Well, well, and for me, for me, starting with Flint, I think Luke Cavlin's got to be unreal. He's yes. got to continue to be great for the Firebirds. And, again, he's one of the reasons why yeah, uh, been- they're in this position. I mean, seven games against the Owen Sound attack um, – was he great in that series? Yeah, there were moments where you're like, this dude ain't going to lose a game. And then there were other moments where you're like, yeah. hmm. And then, obviously, they took care of Sault Ste. Marie pretty easily. So, kind of shows you where he's at. Like, he's in he's in beast mode right now. And, you know, it's a tough task for the Windsor Spitfires. Luke Cavillan 
has been great all year. He's won goaltender of the week the last two weeks in the playoffs. Like he, He's been good, and it's going to be a challenge for the Windsor Spitfires. You look at some of the goalies they've had to go through so far. Um, obviously, you go with Godreau and Sarnia, really good goaltender. Uh, really the only reason Sarnia had a shot in that series. Yeah, uh, You think about the Windsor Spitfires, or Kitchener Rangers, uh, in round number two, you go with Pavel Chayon and uh, and Parsons and think, okay, those aren't big names, but they were still good. Like they're again, goaltending was one of the biggest reasons that the uh, Rangers even beat the Knights. So, and then you look look at Luke Cavillan and the Spitz are thinking, okay, this is our this is our test right now. Uh, obviously, yeah. you're going to see a really good goaltender uh, when, once you get to the OHL final. If you get to the OHL finals, I should say uh, whether it's Costantini or Verbetic, but uh, Luke Cavillan I think is going to be the toughest goaltender that the Spitfires are going to see in the playoffs. Yeah. But, and he's just got to continue to be great for Flint. Um, as for the Spitfires for me, it, it's got to be Pasquale Zito. He's got to, he's got to start yeah. getting going. He's got four points so far in nine games. Again, not horrendous, but not what we expect yeah. out of him. Alternate captain well, for the Spits NHL draft pick of the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, he's got to be better. He's got to step up his game uh, in this well, series and, He's got to stand out. He's got to start adding that depth scoring that Windsor needs other than the Cooleys and the Johnsons and the Maggios, right? It's got to be those but, that second and third line. They got to start moving, and Pasquale Zito is the centerpiece of that. Yeah, the thing is with Zito, his line's been the matchup line at home. That's the thing, right? You're defending. You're, def- yeah. you're so focused on defending, right, when you're in the matchup because they want a free space for Cooley and Johnson where – when you see Zito, he's got to be that guy to be on that second line that's going to be in the matchup. His line's a premier guys. When you see the Pinelli line go over, you're out there against them. Um, this series, you're going to be out there against Brandon Hoffman. That's a challenge. That's a challenge. You're going to – like, I can guarantee you the wings are going to be very intrigued because Zito, Zito still needs to earn a contract, an entry-level mm-hmm. deal with the wing. And remember, show guys, remember when you mentioned that on the show where his plan was have a heck of a season – earn that contract, sign that entry-level so deal this summer. Be one of the best late-round picks of the draft. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if he makes – if he can have a big – if he can have a big, like, defensive series even against Flint, against the Brandon Othman, the Wings are going to drop that contract down. Mm-hmm. They'll drop that down right away once the season's over for sure. Because I think they will either way. But he – uh that's a definitely intriguing for the Red Wings. They'll definitely be over the border for sure. They probably already have all playoffs. It's so close, but they had two. Hey, they had two. uh, Sorry, we said two representatives in our Mississauga on Friday too. By the way, the Red Wings they had the most out of any uh, NHL team. There's a few NHL teams there. Uh, Also, Gary Rob, Gary Roberts in attendance. Obviously, his son Noah Roberts not in the lineup for Hamilton, but Gary Roberts in attendance as well. Well, I mean, you look at who Mississauga had in the lineup: Beck, Del Bell, Belouz. You know, whether they go eight or not, I think that's the biggest question, but. They're around there within that yeah. range, you could say, from like eight to twenty, possibly. I could see I could see Eidrin going uh, back at eight. I could see Eidrin going back at eight. Everyone will be everyone will be everyone's gonna be saying, um, gonna be talking about that pick, how it's a bad pick, but Steve Eisen, you can do whatever the heck he wants. Mm-hmm. And um his first three drafts in Detroit, Morris Sider, Lucas Raymond, and Simon Edmondson. Yeah, that works. First round picks. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, you can safe to say he's hit on all three. So that then, uh, I just fully support back at eight. That's a that's a heck of a hockey player. They need a center, so that would be perfect. But 
Yeah, they had two representatives in uh, Mississauga on Friday. Detroit Red Wings did the most. So, and I think I think they're uh, I think they're intrigued with uh, Noah Van Vliet. Detroit seventh round pick mm-hmm. up to value, right? It's your prototypical pick. It's your prototypical uh, Steve Eiserman pick, right? Where you see this guy, it's like Dower Nielsen or um, Red Savage, right? Red Savage, Brett. Um, you see Red Savage on the World Junior team all of a sudden, right? Has a good. Well, they didn't play a lot, but he had a good World Junior show outing when he that he played. So, it's one of those picks where you can see them taking Noah Van Vliet in the seventh round out of Hamilton to yeah. play. Where it's a fourth round pick next year, where all of a sudden next year you see Noah Van Vliet cap off in the Ontario Hockey League. He fits Detroit's defensive core to a T. Noah Van Vliet. It mm-hmm. fits them to a T. Big, solid two way player. Um, that'd be a good pick for them, but. I think they're definitely intrigued. There's a lot of prospects in that game, in that series, right? So that's intriguing for NHL scouts. Hamilton, obviously, a lot of draft eligible guys that are very good, um, and then Mississauga as well. So that's that's definitely that's definitely intriguing to see. And it's fun when you get to see some of the scouts you get to talk to like once in a while, like in like you get like you talk to them more than once, so you get a relationship. You get to see like oh, like who you here to watch and stuff. That's cool too. Um, but that's a that's a story off there, I guess. <laughs> all good. Um, all right. So who's taking it, Wardy? How many games? He had your few minutes. Yeah, Windsor Windsor in six. I think Windsor goes in six. I think obviously the hardest round so far for Windsor, you could say, was the first round. Benjamin Goudreau stealing two games. Yeah, I could like. But what it comes down to, can Luke Cavlin steal games? Flint. Flick will get outshot in the series. They got outshot to Sith. They did, other than game five, but they got outshot to Sith. Um, but yeah, Windsor and six. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Six. I wouldn't be surprised. Seven. I hope it goes seven. I want to see some seven game series. I want to see some six game series. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, let's see some deep series. Yeah, um, like, yeah, because like we got time on the schedule now. Yeah. Yeah, well, what? <laughs> round two ends. Saturday and yeah. game one does not start till Friday in the Eastern Conference Finals. So yeah. And then plus the Mem Cup. Then plus exactly. the Memorial plus Memorial Cup, St. John's Sea Dogs, the yeah. the host already eliminated round one. So that's yeah. tough. That's so tough. The Windsor Spitfires 2017. Oh yeah. And that is so tough. Like you imagine how hard that is. Like you get swept in uh, round one, like that much time off. Like what do you do? Do you go home and then come back? Like regroup? Like probably watch a lot. Coaches mm-hmm. definitely are stressing. That's a tough spot for a coach. All right. Eastern Conference Finals. Hamilton Bulldogs, North Bay Battalion. This is the big one. This is the one versus two matchup. This is the Central Division winners against the East Division winners. Winner. I don't know why I added an S on there. Good one, Reese. Um, the it's hard to say what Hamilton's toughest test is going to be because Mississauga is a very good hockey team and Hamilton made it look really easy. Like North Bay is going to be just as good, but Mississauga was Hamilton's toughest test all season. I mean, at the January 10th, January 10th, the measuring stick team for Hamilton was Mississauga. I look against Mississauga. Mm -hmm. Um, Hamilton's played pretty good against North Bay this season. Um, Obviously, North Bates had a little bit of success, but uh, majority Hamilton. I mean, Hamilton's the trade deadline. What have they lost? Three games? 
Like they're eight, they're eight for eight in the first playoffs. I would not be surprised if Hamilton breaks their record. Um, the London Knights, London Knights, sixteen in a row, or was it sixteen in a row? Went like OHL. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm not counting the Memorial Cup. So you went. Like I can see Hamilton doing that. This is the round where this is the round I think where if they if they were able to sweep this round, and obviously sweeps a stretch. But if you were able to sweep this round, I think they sweep the West. Um, I think Hamilton, I, like I, like I, we've said this on the show for the last numerous of weeks, Hamilton's up here, like way above, yeah. and then there's everybody else, and then there's below that. And Hamilton, like they're loaded. You look at Hamilton's lineup, and you think, okay, you got a third line of Misak, Duarte, and Lawson Shirk. That's a top line on majority of the teams in the Ontario Hockey League right now. Um, it's probably North Bay's second line. So you look at the matchups, right? You look at the depth. I don't know. Like, this is, it's tough. Like, it really is tough. I think you know, Mace McTavish had a massive series. Um, Marco Costantini had a heck of a series in Mississauga. That's the reason why it wasn't a sweep, or it was a sweep for Hamilton because Marco Costantini played on real against Mississauga. Hamilton out Mississauga, Mississauga. And I said that last week too. But like the way they played, they just played tight defensively. Um, they played a solid game. Kammer, Rushnikov, Van Vliet, White. Like those guys have had a heck of a series in, in the first two rounds. That is, it's interesting to see. That's tough. It's tough because for Braddock too, right? Like North Bay, like Kingston played so good in that, in that game five. They outshot, they outshot North Bay. Pretty handily. I forget what the shots were in the 6 5 North Bay win. Oh, 35 to 20 were the shots in game five for Kingston over North Bay. So, for, like, for Pettick's a stud. For Pettick's a stud. And it's not, you don't sleep on him. And he's a drafted goaltender in the Ontario Hockey League. Like, you know what drafted goaltenders do in the Ontario Hockey League? Like, they're all stars in this league. So, it's tough to say sweep when you got a top line, when you have Petrov, Russell, Co. when they're hitting. It, that's the thing, right? Can you imagine Petrov, Coat, Russell, McTavish, Morrison, Winterton, um, Diaco, Hayes is back. Like McTavish, Wint- McTavish, Winterton, Ryan Humphrey. Like, look at that against that top line for North Bay. Can you hold up, right? Can the co line hold up? Because the matchup's interesting to see what Jim McKee's going to do at home. I just think he'll go Misak's line against the co line. He's been doing the Misak, Misak, Duard, and uh, Shirk line against the top lines all playoffs. So I would imagine that's what they do at home. But it's going to be interesting to see what LTOP, like what North Bay counters as, because Hamilton's a deeper team. Steos and uh, Steos and Misak will be back for game one. Um, they'll be back. It was just my uh, Steos injury was a minor injury. They'll be back for game one for sure. Uh, they should have a full lineup though for game one. So that's big for Hamilton. I'm going to say Hamilton in five. But I wouldn't be surprised to see four because I've been saying I've been saying it, so I kind of got to stick to it, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. got. No, that I don't. I don't want that means we want deep series. Yeah, but Hamilton's Hamilton. This is the best Ontario hockey league team I have saw since probably that Erie Otter team. Mm-hmm. No, I never won the Memorial Cup, but it's probably yeah. the best team I've ever saw. I'm I'm league. with you, Wardy. I, I think Hamilton does fall at least once uh, in this series. In North Bay. Yeah, yeah, because I think North Bay is really that one team that could, you know, not eliminate the Bulldogs, but 
They're they're that team that's gonna frustrated. that's gonna poke back a little bit. Yeah, they're gonna frustrate the heck out of the Bulldogs. I think Ty Nelson's gonna have to have a big part in doing that. Well, that's and the again, thing first first year defenseman uh, going up against all this talent. I think he's gonna hold his own. I think Ty Nelson's gonna have a really good Ooh. series. This is where he's gonna start to shine, hey. and he might make that extra argument for a few picks or to be picked a few uh, picks higher than maybe he would. I think this is a series that he can do that Big for time. himself. Um, but I, I'm with you. It's if it's Actually, not you know a sweep, what? it'll be five. Um, like, like you said, you hit on everything. They're just that it's not fair. The Bulldogs are just better than everyone else by a lot. And there's and a reason that they were the only team with a hundred points and well, pretty healthy mark beyond a hundred points. I might add. So and Hamilton never had their full lineup for half the season. Exactly. They've only had their lineup once. Full lineup. You gonna say what? McTavish and Winterton didn't even play half a season. Yeah, for the Bulldogs, I should I should say. Of course, McTavish uh, with Peterborough, but even then, limited time because the World Juniors and the Olympics, right? So, yeah, um, like that's and hey, it's it's been well worth it. Remember that was the one knock on the trade. Do you make that trade? He's gonna miss time with the Olympics and McTavish. mm -hmm. uh, It was well worth it. Now, yeah. Um, I didn't go over it before we started it, but I'll do it now. Here's the schedule for the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, it gets going Friday, May 20th in Hamilton, of course. First two contests are at the first Ontario Center. Game two is the 22nd. Uh, that's the Sunday. Both games at 7 o'clock, I might add. Um, then we head up to North Bay. Not we, because I've done that drive and it sucks. Uh, it's a Wednesday, May 25th will be game number three. Game four goes Friday, May 27th, and then the next three, if necessary, uh, in Hamilton on the 29th, in North Bay on the 31st, and then if there is a game seven, both of them, both both in the east and the west, will be on June 1st. So I'm not a fan of that. No, neither I'm am I. I don't like that at all, because you can't stagger it on a Wednesday like the NHL did. Over overlap having when you get to the conference final and you have a series and you have any games on the same night is that the only oh game threes are on the same night yeah wednesday game fours are on the same night the friday yeah because they take that extra day in between game two and three yeah so just game one game Game one one and two yeah because nah, game one and two like on the other side is uh, um, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday Monday. Monday. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that schedule just because of the overwhelm. Like, so, like, how do you get the biggest audience, right? Like, mm-hmm. have it one game at a time. Like, why not go every other night? You can't obviously venues. Uh, I get that, but make every game an event. I don't get that. Every you see on social media, every single fan complaining about how it's always the same thing when you go to an Ontario hockey league game. Well, let's do something about it. Let's not make games. Let's not make conference finals game on the same night, the exact same times. Like, I, why do you do that? Like, it makes zero sense. Like, let's get max. Let's get more views. You're going to get more views over time if you do one a night and just go every other night, every night of OHL hockey. That's unreal. Yeah. That's unreal. Like, people are going to watch that any day of the week. Especially now, living in Ontario, now that the Leafs are out, Thank that's God. like, yeah. But like, why? Like, I don't get that. Like, I really don't get. I don't get that schedule. I don't like Game Seven on the same night. I really don't because it's Game Seven, right? At the exact same time. 
so like what game seven do you want to watch right like you're gonna lose views for one team over the other mm-hmm. like both games are intriguing it's tough to cover it's tough to cover that right when you're at the same time you're bouncing around <sighs> i'm not a fan of that thanks for bringing thanks for bringing that up yeah i, I got you I didn't, I didn't see that at first but that's not that's not good no, I don't agree I don't, with I don't it at all. What, I don't know what we're thinking. And I don't know what we're thinking about no day games. Why are we playing Sunday games at night? If it's not and if we're playing Sunday night sports night games, I can tell you right now, the third period views are going to go down because there's school. I get maybe two four. I get that on the holiday. Mm-hmm. But like the week after, why? Why are we playing Sunday night games at seven o'clock um for game fives? That's wow. a day. I was gonna say that's a day you could stagger them. You could do a yeah. two o'clock and a five o'clock. Yeah. Why not? Why are, or six o'clock? Like, why are we doing that? Yeah. I don't like. I really like. I don't get that at all. Two like how you just said that'd be incredible if you did day games. You can even do that on Saturday. You can go four yeah. o'clock and seven o'clock. Well, I was gonna say you look at you look at what the Spitfires have done, and obviously more recently in round number two against Kitchener that. Not tailgate party, but that pregame parking lot party oh, that they had going incredible. on. Incredible. I mean, I it'll Saturday be it's obviously about for the game. Like the games are at seven, so what it starts at like five or five thirty, but like start yeah, the game at five. say two. Like you get people out there for noon, twelve thirty, right in the middle of the after or right at the beginning of the afternoon. Like yeah. That sounds a lot better than at night at dinner time obviously there will be food but like i don't okay like i'm with you it doesn't i don't understand it at all so north bay hamilton i like it's hard to travel that's like that's honestly i don't like obviously the teams agreed on this but game two is at seven o'clock yeah seven o'clock in hamilton yep so north bay north bay like north bay is not a not an easy trip to hamilton (laughs) like so we're gonna play a sunday night game we're going to play a Friday night game, so they'll stay over Friday night, stay over Saturday, and then Sunday. You don't want to stay in the hotel for four days. You don't want to stay in the hotel and leave Monday. So, what? Like, the time you get home, midnight, if it goes later, one o'clock, like, you're going to, like, I don't get that at all why we're playing a night game when North Bay, you're going to be in Hamilton, and right after the game, you're going to have to take off right away to go home. Like, that's a tough drive. That's a tough drive. The North Bay, and uh, that's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and also for the other series for Windsor Flint, so Sunday, May 29th, game five. If that's a day game, you know how many Flint fans are going to make the trip to Windsor over the border? Like, travel's a lot easier in the daytime than at night. Mm-hmm. Like, seven o'clock, seven, seven oh five game in Windsor on game five, Sunday, May 29th. That's a tough trip. That's a tough trip at night. That's a trip you're doing in the daytime if you're a fan because the border, you don't know what it is that the Tigers play, right? It's tough, right? Like, yeah. you don't know. So, I I don't like that. I really don't. Um, it's kind of – it's just overlapping too much for me, my liking. And, yeah – not a fan, but hey, I'm telling you right now, North Bay, and plus for scouts too, it's tough for a scout, right? You can't be two games at once. You want our players out there. You want your players playing in front of scouts. Thought, hey, maybe GMs will make the trips. That'd be cool. But 
North Bay, North Bay, Hamilton, there'll be a lot of scouts there for sure. Ty Nelson, watching Ty yeah. Nelson, that's big. But that's a, that's a quick rant on the schedule because I'm glad you brought <laughs> that up. I don't, I'm glad you brought that up. I don't like that. Oh, good. I mean, well, and that kind of wraps up our show anyways. We're kind of in the same boat with both series. Uh, Windsor around six games, possibly seven uh, over the Flint Firebirds. I think we're both at Hamilton in five, uh, if not four. Yeah. Um, over the North Bay Battalion. So um, that kind of gets you set for the conference finals. Uh, they get underway Friday. <laughs> Hamilton Bulldogs, North Bay Battalion. I'm waiting. Feats for are going to start filling up at first Ontario center. Trust us. We saw it in 2018. Ooh. It's going to start to get full in that building. And of course, uh, Windsor Spitfires, Flint Firebirds getting things going on the Saturday. The door's going to be rocking. Uh, so yeah. if you're planning on going there, buy your tickets now because yeah. games three and four are going to be electric in that building. And it's going to be fun. We're excited for it. So. Yeah, for sure. Especially Friday, especially the May 27th game for the Friday night weekend. Yeah. Friday night, home night, that's nice. Yeah, so uh, that wraps up the show for this week. Uh, it's a fun one. Round two is over. Round three coming up this Friday. Stay tuned again uh, at the OHL and 60 podcast. Have all of your Twitter updates. Of course, Brandon Caputo uh, joining us as a contributor on the website. And you can find that link in our Twitter bio, Instagram bio, Facebook at the OHL and 60 podcast. Um, Go check it out because he's joined the team for the playoffs and it's going to be fun. So hope you enjoyed the show Uh, for Colin Ward. I'm Reese Dumaney. Thanks so much for tuning in and we will chat again in seven days. (laughs) 